We are ready to begin this week's Parsha's Parsha's Chai Sora. We find in the Parsha uh, that Avraham Avinu paid uh, uh, very expensive for uh, to bury his wife Sarah. And I just picked up this Sefer uh, Vayervna in Eretz Yisrael, volume number two. So in the entry of Chai Sora, he has an interesting uh, story which will probably arouse some emotion uh, based upon his conclusion. Uh, for which he poskins, which has a similar idea where somebody uh, paid $25 million in order to uh, make sure that somebody was buried. So the story goes like this. The story goes like this. There was a Yid in Poland. Uh, and he was married to uh, Yidna, also in Poland. And they had a son. Then, after the Hasina, unfortunately, there was the breakout uh, of World War II. So, the woman, the mother, uh, his wife, unfortunately, she passed away in the, in the Holocaust. However, this Jew and his son were saved through a non-Jewish woman who uh, graciously let them into, their, into her house. And she wrote the man, who is the father, and the son in her visa, or in her papers, that, that uh, this man was her husband, to protect him. Then, this Jew, what happened was, is that he eventually got married to the, to the non-Jewish woman that was harboring him in her house. And they had a son together. After the son was born, after the son was born, so they, everybody ran away, because they were afraid of the of the Nazis to America. So the father, his non-Jewish wife, and the non-Jewish son ran away to America. The Jewish son, who was born from the mother who was killed in the Holocaust, of this father, ran away to Eretz Israel. Okay? That's, the, that's how the story goes. Now, after a few years, the connection between the Jewish son and his father became very weak. They didn't, uh, they didn't communicate too long. <coughs> now, after a few years, the Jewish son in Eretz Israel received information from, uh, from a court in America that his father had passed away. Okay, so this father was no longer alive. And that the son was asked to come and to collect his inheritance that was left for him in the will. So, what was left in the will, together, who was going to be the inheritors of the will? The son from the non-Jewish woman, and him, and the Jewish son, from this man. Yeah, she's, uh, she's also dead. The non-Jewish woman is also dead. Everybody's dead, except for the Jewish son and the non-Jewish son. So, so, the money that they were going to split was $15 million. The father left $15 million, $25 million for each son. Okay. Now, the... Uh, so, this, was, this is what happened. They should each get $25 million. Now, the son who, who was Jewish went to bury his father. He went, he went to America 
to uh, outside of Eretz Yisrael to make sure that his father gets buried and to arrange for the uh, the interment of his father. Now, the non-Jewish son had also made an arrangement for his father to be buried next to the mother, who's not Jewish, in a non-Jewish cemetery. That was the arrangement. So, as you can imagine, there was a uh, it was a very acrimonious, uncomfortable situation. Everybody got was unhappy. There was a machloikis between the two sons. One son, the Jewish son, said, I want to bury my father in the Jewish cemetery. And the non-Jewish son said, no, I want to bury him in the non-Jewish cemetery next to my mother. So they got into a fight. And the fight became so, uh, so uh, irreconcilable, so unable to resolve, that they went to a non-Jewish court. To have a psak din, to have a, uh, somebody uh, to, to paskin, to decide what they should do. So the non-Jewish cart made the following decision. They decided that they should, the two sons should make a compromise. The two sons should make a compromise. What should they do? They should burn the father. And, and take the ashes and split them in half. Okay? Half the ashes will go to the Jewish son, and the other half of the ashes go to the non-Jewish son. And each son can put the father's remains, whatever they want. The non-Jewish son can put him in the Gaisha cemetery next to the non-Jewish mother, and the Jewish son can put him in the Jewish cemetery next to the in the by the Jew by the Jews. That was the the uh, the decision. Now, as you can imagine, the Jewish son was not happy with such a decision. He wasn't able, he wasn't want to accept that. Uh, after the initial shock wore off, he told his brother, uh, his non-Jewish brother, there's no way that uh, he's going to acquiesce to this psak din, to this decision of this Gaisha court. So, the, non, the, the, the Jewish son came up with an idea. He said, listen, I got $25 million dollars. So he went over to the, to the non-Jewish son and he offered him $50,000 million, $50, to buy his father's body so that he can uh, bury it in a Jewish cemetery. So the non-Jewish son said, no, I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to let you buy it for me for $50,000. If you want it so bad, you'll give me the other half of your inheritance. I want all of the $25 million. So the son didn't know what to do. He wasn't sure what to do. So he decided that he's going to go to the rabbi to ask him the shayla. What should he do? Should he give up the $25 million in order to have his father be buried in a Jewish cemetery? Now, as we know, the Gemara says that uh, the Gemara says um, in Kedushin, I believe on page 35, 32e, 32a, and it's it's a law in your day at number uh, Reish Mem 240 number five that the Gemara has a question on whether or not if a person has to honor the of course a person has to honor their parents but what happens if it costs money to honor the parents if it costs money to honor the parents who has to pay the father and the mother or the son has to pay who should pay so the Gemara decides that uh, the Gemara decides that it's the obligation of the parents to pay for their honor. The son does not have to pay for the honor. So, for example, 
if uh, the parents want a drink of water, they live in California. The son lives in uh, the son lives in uh, in New York. So who has to pay for the plane ticket? So according to the Gemara, the plane ticket you have to pay. The father has to pay for the plane ticket if he wants a glass of water from his son. Now, it's it's not so simple because you know there's a story with the great rabbi that the son came over to him and he said, my parents want me to come home for Yantif. So the, so the rabbi said, what's the problem? So go home for Yantif. So he said, I can't pay for it. I want them to pay. Because the Gemara says that you have to, that the parents have to pay. So the, so, the, so the rabbi said, okay, so walk. Who said you have to take a plane? You walk. So it's not so simple. You've got you to gotta decide on each situation you know, what it is. But the simple principle is the parents have to pay. So the son said, look, I inherited the money, and the money is mine. So now that the money is mine, good, it's going to cost $25 million to, to bury the father. But I don't have to pay for it. He has to pay for it. So if he has to pay for it, let him pay for it. But he's dead. He can't pay for it. He doesn't have any money. Therefore, perhaps maybe I don't have to pay for this burial. Money That's his question to the rabbi. What? Why doesn't just hire a thief to steal the body? Okay, so they're coming up with the nature to hire a thief to steal the body. Okay, fine. This is the question to the rabbi. Maybe the rabbi will tell him this. What do you say? What's the halacha? So the uh, the rabbi said to him like this. I think this is Rabbi Zilberstein said this to him. This the author of this of this book. That it says in the Shulchan Aruch, Choshen Mishpat Simen Reishnun Gimel Sif Lamed Aleph. It says in the Shulchan Aruch in the section called Choshen Mishpat, number two hundred and fifty-three, number thirty-one. It says that a person Chas is dying. This is the halacha. Person is Chas V'Shalom is dying, and he decides he's going to give out gifts before he dies. Okay, so he has a million bucks, whatever. And he wants to give out $100,000 here, a house to this one, a car to that one. He wants to give out gifts. And then he leaves a little bit for the children to inherit. He leaves an inheritance. So what's the halacha? And then he dies. Who has to bury him? Do the people who uh, receive the gifts from him have to bury or the children? So the halacha says that Hayorshim Hayorim Lukovroi. It's the... the, the the children have to bury. Whatever is left of the inheritance, whatever the money is left of the inheritance, they have to spend that money in order to bury their father or to bury, to bury their, their relative. The people who receive the gifts before the person died, does not, they, don't have to, they don't have an obligation to bury the relative. That's what the halacha says. So based upon this, the Sma in Sivkat 9, the Sma in Sefer Meir Sainai, which is the commentary on the Shulchan commentary of the Court of Law, number 70, says that the inheritors act instead of their father. And the inheritance really has the name of the father on it. And therefore they are burying it from the father's money. Even more, the priest explains like this. The question is like this, that when a person inherits money, is the money theirs or is the money of the father? Whose money is it? So the Prisha says, the money is still the money of the father as long as the father has not yet been buried. Even though the children are inheriting the money. 
says the Prisha like this, Mimono shel hames, mishu mimenu The money of the deceased is collateral, or it's, it, it holds, it's responsible, the actual money itself is responsible for the purchase of anything that's necessary for the interment uh, of the deceased. The money itself. And even if the father says, or the parents say, we don't want to be buried at all. We don't listen to them. The, the, the court requires the money that was inherited to be used for the burial of the parents. Even if the inheritor refuses to pay. The rabbinical court has the responsibility to force the person who inherited the money to pay for the burial. Whatever it costs. That's what the, the, the halacha says. So, says Rabbi Zilberstein, from here you see, from here you see what? From here you see that the money is not, doesn't belong to the actual children who inherit the money. The money belongs to the father until the money has been used to bury the father. Now, if that's the case, if that's the case, says Rabbi Zilberstein, who should, should the guy give up the $25 million or not? So Rabbi Zilberstein says it's not his $25 million. The $25 million still belongs to the father. Since the money still belongs to the father, every dollar and cent is obligated to bury him. And if the cost of the funeral, of the burial, of the plot, or whatever, is $25 million, then the $25 million has to be used. Therefore, Rabbi Zilberstein concludes, therefore, Rabbi Zilberstein concludes, that the person has to give up the money. As a ransom, or just a... As a ransom. Well, I don't know, what do you say? That's another question. Are you required to ransom a body... Uh, in the same way, you're required to ransom a live person. Well, Rabbi Zilberstein is assuming Rabbi Zilberstein is assuming that uh, that this is that this is the cost of the burial. That's his assumption. He's assuming that this is the cost of the burial, and because this is the cost of the burial, and the money is not the son's, therefore the son has to give up twenty five the twenty five million. It's only the obligation of the Jewish. The obligation of the Jewish well, son. It's the obligation yeah. of both of them. can't force the other one. <coughs> now, so, 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 this, this is what Rabbi Zilberstein concludes. And, it's, I mean, if we just, you know, when we think about it, it's a very serious issue. Because we're not talking about $25 here. We're not talking about $1,000 even. We're talking about $25 million. So it's a, it's, a, it's a lot, a lot of money. So it's a very, very serious issue. And Rabbi Zilberstein is saying that based upon these sources, um, based upon these sources, uh, he should, uh, the, the Jewish son has to give up the money. Now, as a matter of principle, not as a matter of fact, not as a matter of halacha, uh, because in a moment, I, I mean, I've discussed this issue with many uh, different Tamir uh, Chachamim, and I've looked up the issue a little bit, and I, I think that in this, uh, in this forum we're going to, I mean, who are, who are we? I mean, uh, who am I? to disagree with Rabbi Zilberstein, but I want to say that, I, you know, that we're going we're gonna to disagree with his conclusion. But before we disagree with his conclusion, I mean, the principle that he is saying is correct. 
right? The principle that he's saying is correct, and that is is that we should be willing, if it's the if it's the Jewish law, then it's proper it's proper to be willing to give up whatever money is necessary in order to keep the law properly. The money is not important. What's important is the service is the service of Hashem, right? So I, I missed the. Did I miss it? Which cemetery they use them? The one with the Jewish cemetery or the one with... They're going to use the Jewish cemetery for a fee, for the 25 million. So they're not going to put it next to... So, yeah, the son, the Jewish son gave up the money based upon this conclusion. That's what it says. I mean, it sounds like this, this sounds like this is a Misa Shahaya. Sounds like this was, this happened. He says it was 70 years, a year in Poland, and he says it's a Maisa Shahaya Kachaya. It sounds like this this Yid gave up the money. Mm-hmm. Sounds like this Yid gave up the money. So so the truth is, I mean, if the sock is correct, we'd all give up the money, right? What are we? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep money and not keep the Jewish law. Of course we're gonna of course we're gonna give up the money. Right? Uh, <laughs> you know, Rabbi Zilberstein concludes with words of Musa and he says uh, that it says in Yuma thirty five B the Gemara describes that, uh, for example, Rabbi Lazar ben Kharsum was a very, very rich man. The Gemara gives him how much money he had. Looks like he had more than $25 million. But uh, the Gemara says that he uh, made it his business to learn Torah. And so the Gemara says that uh, when rich people are going to go up to Shemayim and they're going to say to Hashem, I was too busy to learn Torah because I was rich. I had to worry about this and I had to worry about that all the expenses and the inventory and the business. So they're going to say, you, were you richer than Rabbi Lazar ben Kharsim? Look at Rabbi Lazar ben Kharsim, look how much money he had. Uh, and still he did what he was supposed to do. Now, so the Gemara also says that Hillel is going to make poor people uh, obligated. Because we know the story with Hillel, how much money he made, the Gemara says. And still he paid half the money that he made in order to enter the Beis HaMedrash. Till the point where he, sacri- he, he almost uh, died. Uh, lying there on the roof, uh, snowed upon, as we know the story, right? And the Gemara says, when the poor people are going to come up to uh, Shemayim, and Hashem is going to say, why didn't you learn Torah? The poor people are going to say, I was poor, I didn't have anything to eat. What's the story? The story is, he had he made the one coin, half the coin he used to support his family, the other coin he used, the other half he used to pay, pay, uh, pay to get into the basement. So the story, yeah, there was an entrance fee. So he went... He went one time, he didn't have to pay, so he went and climbed on the roof to go learn from the sunroof, and then it rained, it, it snowed. He got trapped between the snow. They had to dig him out. So, they noticed, uh, the, they noticed the shadow or something? Yeah, they noticed the shadow. Shemaya of Avtali, and he was, he was his teachers, he wanted to learn with them. So there it says, the poor person is going to say, listen, I was too poor, I was starving, I couldn't learn Torah. Shem is going to say, were well, you poorer than, uh, than Hillel? And then now uh, 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 the Gemara says that a person who's evil is going to come up to Shemayim and Hashem is going to say, uh, why were you evil? He's going, what can I do? I had a Yitzhahar, I couldn't help myself. Right? So the Gemara says, what? Uh, you got, are you better than Yosef? You have a bigger Yitzhahar than Yosef Atzadik? No. And you see Yosef Atzadik stopped himself? You could have stopped yourself also. So Rabbi Zobelstein says that when inheritors, people who inherit money, are going to come up to Shemayim, Hashem is going to say, why didn't you use the money properly? So they're going to say, what can I do? I had so much money, I, you know, it was a lot of pressure. They're going to say, well, you better than this Yid here who gave up his 25 million. 
This, the, the, this unnamed yid is going to be mechayev. All the, he's going to make ob, he's going to obligate all the all the people who inherit the money uh, to do the proper give, thing with the money. Give a, uh, <laughs> a sermon about this because be, look, so many checks here, you won't know what to do. With <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway, so this is what the, this is what the, this is what Rizik Zobashin says. Yes. If we, if we look at this as a matter of as a matter of of pidyon uh, shvuim, does that exist? He's a mace mitzvah, right? He's got somebody that's got to be buried. Does that? Does that? Is there any concept by which you would pay? For for pidyon shvuim, you would also pay. Yeah, yeah, you pay exorbitant sums. So I don't want to look at it from that perspective. I, although I, it's a valid point, the perspective I want to look at it is: what's so bad to be buried in a Jewish cemetery? What are we talking about over here? We're talking about a guy who what is? We have a machloekis. We have a dispute between two brothers, right? One brother says Jewish cemetery. The other brother says not a Jewish cemetery. So the question is: what's so bad? So you let him be buried in a non-Jewish cemetery? So is that such a bad thing? Well, first so, of all, excuse me. Yes. The non-Jewish cemetery may or may not let him in. You know, they're not looking. Well, for that's. Jews. I mean, that's. Uh, that's what's his name's business. That's the Gaisha son's business. That's the non-Jewish son's business. He can't get him into a cemetery. Then he's got a problem himself, right? The only reason why we're burning him, the only reason why we're burning him, is because is because we don't. The, the Jewish son didn't want to agree to uh, the Jewish son didn't want to agree. Otherwise, if the Jewish son agrees, then we're burying him in the non-Jewish cemetery. So the question is, what's so bad? So let him be buried in the non-Jewish cemetery. There's an obvious problem, which is, that how, is this, how is the Hebrew Kedisha going to do the burial the, the society, the Jewish burial society, going to do what they need to okay, do? Okay, so they don't do it. No, so what? I'm saying, so what, what's the issue here? What is the issue that we're come to work for me? What's the issue here that we're paying twenty five million dollars for? You understand what I'm saying? Okay, it's true that the Shulchan Aruch says in Simon Kufnun Zayin Yoradea number one fifty seven that for a negative commandment a person is obligated to give up all his money not to transgress a negative commandment. That's true. A positive commandment. As uh, the, the Ramor says in uh, the laws of Lulav, in Simon Tafresh Nunvav, in number, uh, what is it, uh, um, 656, he says only have to spend a fifth of your money. Where does he get the number from? That's, he gets it from a Gemara, which is not our issue right now, but he gets it from a Gemara. But for a negative commandment, you have to spend, um, you have to spend... How much you have to spend? For a negative commandment, you have to... What? You said all of it. All of it. You have to spend all your money. But what are we talking about here when we're talking that you should not bury in a non-Jewish cemetery? Is there any law so, about that at all? So there's a law. There's a Gemara. There's a Gemara in Tractate Sanhedrin. There's a Gemara in Tractate Sanhedrin on page... Um, where are we holding over here? Um... Going too far. Page 46a. The Gemara tract the Tanajan, page 46a, and the discussion goes on on page 47a. And it's it's in the, it's it's quoted Lahalocha to in Jewish law in the court of law in Simon Shin Samach Beis 
362, number 5. It says like this. We don't bury a person who is evil next to a person who is Even a person who is evil in a very serious way next to a person who is evil in a light way. Also, we don't uh, bury somebody is somebody who is a tzaddik and somebody who is kosher or somebody in the middle next to somebody who is a tremendous chassid. However, a balchuva and a tzaddik gomer can be buried together. So this prescription as to who gets buried next to who. Okay? And the Gemara says you don't bury a person next to another person. The reason for that is, as discussed, is because there's no menucha, there's no peace, there's no eternal peace for the deceased if they're not buried in a proper place. So therefore, if a Jewish neshama is being buried in a non-Jewish cemetery, it's not proper. It, it goes all along with the same thing. The Jews should be buried together with the Jewish cemetery, with the, with the Jews. So, so this is the reason. So now, is this a negative commandment or is this a positive commandment? What is this? It's definitely brought as it's definitely a Gemara, and it's definitely a law. Why? I mean, like, yes, a, a, a Jewish man or woman can marry, you know, a mate who is non-Jewish. That's okay. No, that's not okay. Because, Why well, is that okay? They, well, I'm, I'm not saying it's okay. Yeah. But the, but it's done and it's done all the time, and you know, somebody's there. So why couldn't? What's the question? The question is, I mean, I can't see, you know, I, I agree with you that, you know, it could have been buried in the non-Jewish cemetery, but of course, our law doesn't say that's okay. Uh, no, so we're, we're in exploring now, we're in exploration state, we're in the Arctic, we're in the Arctic, you know, we're trying to figure out what's happening. But, yeah, you're right, that the, that the, the safer called the Kolbo, um, from Rabbi Yukusil Yehuda Greenwald, um, in in his uh, in page one ninety four, says that a person who's buried who is married somebody's not Jewish, yeah. there is room to say that they should not be buried next to a tzaddik. They should not be buried next to uh, somebody who didn't marry non-Jew. There's also an issue where they should be buried too, because it's prohibited to marry a non-Jewish person. But Rabbi, this is a subject that I have never brought up before, but I wanted to. I mean, well, this is a sub- this is not really our issue. Our issue oh, is, I, I know, I what we want to deal with is that we're spending twenty five million dollars here, so we want to spend the twenty. We want to make sure that we're spending the twenty five million no, properly. Let's, let's put it this way: <laughs> twenty five million want. is a lot of money. Yeah, the father left the son twenty five million dollars for right. him to use. Sure now, the other son wants him to give him the $25 million so that he buried the father in the non-Jewish cemetery. Now, even, the, even the, the Jewish son, in the question, I didn't read it, but even the Jewish son, who wants his father to be buried in the Jewish cemetery, wants him to be buried at the edge, next to the wall, because his father, in the end, did marry a non-Jewish woman. Right? So, so the father also can't be buried in the middle of the cemetery. That the Jewish son agrees to. So now, the only thing we're talking now is we're going to put him on the other side of the wall. So now we're going to put him on the other side of the wall. Is that worth the 25 million here? So what we're saying is, is that the halacha says, the halacha says here, the, 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 Gemara, the Gemara and the halacha says that there is an Indian 
there is a matter, an issue, there are levels as to who could be buried where. Based upon a person's actions, righteous, evil, etc., whatever it is, right? Whatever they do. There are levels of where they could be buried. So now, the question is, are you obligated to spend the 25 million in order to do that? So it is a law. But how much do you have to keep this law for the money? Now, it's not like the son, the Jewish son, it's not like he's taking his father and burying him in the non-Jewish cemetery. It's out of his control. He's not doing anything. It's the other son who's burying him in the non-Jewish cemetery. The Jewish son is standing there with a flag saying, no way, Jose. I don't know who if that's his name. Who has possession of the corpse? <laughs> what? Who has possession of the corpse? The both of them do. Because they have the equal share of everything, including the corpse, unless they burn it. They could write a better will. The father <laughs> didn't. The father didn't specify the burial; only the money, which is good enough at least. Okay, because then there would have been a machlokes about that also. Well, but, it, it, within, <laughs> but within a Jewish cemetery, there are sections. There are somebody commits suicide. Somebody's a murderer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So there is an Indian to be buried in a Jewish cemetery, then, as opposed to a non-Jewish. There's separation that we're establishing. Now, what's that Indian? So here. The Gilian Masho, which is the son of Rabbi Akiva Eger, in his notes, says the first thing he says like this. Is the Gilian Masho says that the halacha says that we don't bury this one next to that one. Which seems to imply that if we did bury this one next to that one, we're not going to exhume the body and move it. It's that if we're making a decision in the beginning whether we're going to bury this one next to that one, you have to make the decision not to bury this one next to that one based upon their status. That's true. But, but once it's done already, we're not going to change it. Right? So now, why? Because that's called in halacha a bidiyevit situation. It's a situation that has, so to speak, already happened. I already made the milchiks together with the fleshiks. Now what do I do? Right? So over here, we can consider this to be a Bidiyevit situation. It already happened. It's out of the Jewish son's hands. He's not, he's not uh, agreeing to this. It's already happening. So if it's already happening, who's, he doesn't have to, according to the halacha, he doesn't have to acquiesce. He doesn't have to pay for it. He only has to pay for it if he has a choice. But now that he doesn't have a choice, he doesn't have to pay for it according to this. It's the same thing if the son, if it's the same thing if the non-Jewish son would have already buried the father in the non-Jewish cemetery, and then the son would have arrived from Eretz Israel and said, "Let's exhume him and put him in the thing." He's not obligated to do that because once he's buried already, he's buried. So even if before he's buried, if the son, if the if the non-Jewish son is not allowing the Jewish son, who said that the Jewish son is obligated to stop him? Is 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 there is there any status whatsoever in terms of burying, getting the getting the person? Uh, the dead person to rest. Is there any status at all of being buried in a non-Jewish cemetery? But is, is getting the body as, as yes, quickly the bo- as, yeah. as possible? Yes, the body has to be buried as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. We can't leave it around. That's a separate issue. We talked about it in the past. I don't so, so the guilty... What, sorry? I don't understand what difference any of this makes if we've already established that it's not his money until the body's in the ground. He's not paying for anything. But we already said that if it's not his money until the body is in the ground, 
So he's not paying for anything because the $25 million doesn't belong to him yet. Well, it so it shouldn't matter what it, what the status, or whether it's just a question of uh, uh, what's better versus uh, what's for the other. Yeah, but I'm saying even the father is not obligated in this. Even if you're going to say that the money does not belong to the son, the father is not obligated either if you want to take the, the, the sma that far. Because it's already done. He's not in control of it. The other son wants to bury him there. What is he going to do? That's number one. Number two is, number two is, even if you want to assume that the money, even if you want to assume that the money is, belongs to the father, and the money has to pay for his burial, and until the money pays for his burial, it's not, it's not the son's money, but how much are we paying? How much do you pay for the burial? Let's assume he does have to pay. How much does he have to pay? Right. Most expensive. How much do you have to pay? Ten grand. Fifty grand. That's the beginning. A hundred. A million. Okay. You pay a million dollars. You pay a million. So so let's assume a million dollars you have to pay. But then after that, after that, you're no longer like we said in the beginning. After that, who said you're paying? Who said that you're paying for the burial now. There is a mitzvah not to make yourself into a shmata, to give the other brother who is clearly acting as an extortionist, who is, this is pure evil, to say, give me the 25 million, right? Because obviously he's going to keep the money for his own pleasure. That's not going to cost him for the burial more than a million dollars. So, yeah, it's true. Even if you're going to, uh, even if you're going to agree that the, the, that the money is, uh, is, is, is okay, he has to pay for it. Fine. Let's, let's assume he does have to pay. I'm claiming he doesn't have to pay for it at all because I'm claiming that it's a BDF situation. It's already a situation which the son can't control and it's not his problem. But even if you say, even if you disagree with me and you say that's not the case, even if you're going to say that, uh, that, that he does have to pay for it, how much does he have to pay? He has to pay a million dollars. That's it. You but it's not even. That, no, that but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not even a positive commandment. There's no positive commandment. It's not one of the 613. Uh, it's not one of. What's well, not one of the two, 248 positive commandments? So he doesn't have to pay a fifth of the money, so which would be how much? Right. Or if you're going to say it's a negative commandment, let's say it's a, say a negative commandment, then he has to pay all the money. But it's not a negative commandment. According to this, uh, according to this Gilliam Ashar, it's a minig. It's a halacha that's lechatchila that you have to do, but if, if if you didn't do it, it's okay. So for that, who said you have to pay that much money? The halacha only dictates a positive commandment, a fifth of the money, a negative commandment, all the money. But this is not a positive or a negative commandment. This is a commandment that says that you have to do it. But if you didn't do it, it's also okay. You leave it the way that it is. So if you leave it the way that it is, who says you have to pay for it at all? And even if you're going to say that you have to pay for it, who said you have to pay uh, 25 million. You only have to pay what it costs. Everything else is extortionism. The guy is stealing the money from him. Can't, uh, you're not obligated to be a shmata. So I don't want to disagree with Rabbi Zilberstein, but I've discussed it with other people, and if the person would ask me, I would tell him not to give the 25 million. I'm not taking a commission on this. But to give away 25 million dollars, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, I'm sure there's other ways you could probably figure this out. Now, of course, don't get me wrong, if it would be the halacha that you do have to give away the 25 million, then we're all happily do it. Because that's the halacha, that's what the halacha says. But I'm not sure, I don't think that that's what the halacha is saying here. 
got to find the right rabbi with the right interpretation. Yeah, but they're not saying how much. But you hear what we're saying. No burial costs $25 million. But I, when I, That's what we're saying. But I want to tell you some reality. Okay, so let's say reality. Let's talk reality. Is that there are families <coughs> that have uh, uh, one child is Orthodox, one child is Reform, one child is whatever. This child says, I want my dad Orthodox buried. This one says, I want him cremated. And that one says, I don't give a damn. I mean, these are things that are dealt with on a daily basis, and there are arguments to the end of the world, and uh, lawyers are... Okay, so what do you say? So therefore what? Now, give me a situation. Let's talk a situation I'll tell you a simple one. Okay, simple one. There's a lady here in Purple who knew a man who passed away a a year or two ago, and one daughter was religious, and one daughter was reformed. And the religious one from Israel said, I want my father buried on Monday. And the other reform said, I'm going to be in town on Wednesday. We'll bury him on Wednesday. And they had an argument. And I was in the middle. And I said, you settle the argument and then tell me the answer. Well, the, the reform daughter said, okay, I'll, I'll do what the religious one wants and, and I'll make her happy. And I'll what thing, was there $25 million here at stake? I don't know what was at stake. But so but, that's the question. What's at stake here? I'm just telling you that there are family arguments that go on on it daily basis, and somebody will, and there, are, there are lawyers, you know, there's all kinds of nutty things that we do in this world, you know, you know what wait, I'm wait, talking about. Wait, wait, this, 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 this discussion, this forum, but, our forum assumes that we're going to go the orthodox way. Okay. Now that we're going the orthodox way, yeah, the question is the money. Okay, wait. That's what we're talking about. But there is always money. There is always money. Was there really even a question at the very beginning? Because you said the the father was a... Did you say he was a religious man or he, he learned? He was not a religious man because he, he married her. He, he intermarried. He wasn't religious. He intermarried. He didn't, he didn't leave uh, instructions... He didn't leave instructions as to what, how, how he should be buried. He didn't leave those instructions. So the son, the non-Jewish son, claimed, "Of course, my father wants to be buried next to my mother." And the Jewish son said, "No, he would never want to be buried in a non-Jewish cemetery, even though he married your mother." He wasn't Jewish or wasn't religious. He was Jewish but not religious. The father was Jewish. The son. The son was Jewish and religious. And religious. The other son. The other Jewish was non Jewish. Oh, I didn't They were half brothers. So the question, the question is like this, though. If the father, is the father in some manner responsible for his own burial if he doesn't leave clear indications in the secular law? Yes, rules, that's what we said. Is, the father, is it the father's fault that this is happening? Yes. Certainly. It is the father's fault and the father's responsible. That's what he's saying. The Jewish law is saying. The Jewish law says that let's forget about a machlekes. Let's say we have not a machlekes. There's one Yerush, one son. Right? He inherits the money. And then there's no money to pay for the burial of the father. So the son says, I'm out of here, guys. I'm not paying. I hated my father. They didn't have a relationship with him. He beat me. It happens. Okay? So now, I'm not paying. What's the halach? What do you do? There's money. So the halacha says, that that's the halacha that we read, is that the Bezdin has the right to force the son to take the money from the inheritance, whatever it costs, and to pay for the father's burial. Even against his will. But does that apply in this case? The Sma says, 
The Sma says, how do you take away somebody else's money? This is how we started with the Sma. How do you take away somebody else's money? The guy doesn't want to pay, he doesn't want to pay. You want to beat him up, beat him up. No, so the Sma doesn't take that route. The Sma says the, fa- the money does not belong to the father, to the son. Until the father is buried, it's the father's money so in the son's the possession. Right, so we're taking the money that already belongs to the father. That's how we started with the Sma. That's what the Sa is saying. You understand? So that's how we started. If it's the father's money, then, this, then the son should have to pay. So what if the non-Jewish son is demanding it? The Jewish son should have to pay. So we're the, that is what Rabbi Zilberstein's argument is. And we here are saying we don't understand what he is saying. Because even if you're going to say, again, that the, father, that, that the father does have to pay, he only has to pay the cost of the burial, not any more than that. Number one. Number two is, number two is, he, 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 he doesn't have to pay 25 million. That's considered to be an impossibility. The other son is not letting, so if he doesn't let, what are you going to do? You know, so we're saying like this. If the other son is stopping, if the non-Jewish son is stopping the Jewish son from burying his father, so what is he supposed to do? Pay 25 million? He doesn't, he's not obligated to do that. He's not obligated to do that. So that means that in effect, it's no different than the non-Jewish son is taking handcuffs, putting him around the Jewish son and saying, you can't move. You're not going to be able to bury your father. So what is he supposed to do? To pay $25 million, he's not obligated to get out of the handcuffs. That's a bidiyevit situation. That's a situation which is already considered like it's already done. It's not in his hands. How much is he obligated for? What? How much is he obligated to do? The cost. Of, the, the, the minimum, our conclusion is the cost of the burial. So, according to Ray, a million dollars. Let's say the cost of the burial is a million dollars. You pay an expensive casket. You bury him in prime real estate. You have the, what do you have? You have workers, you have the expensive... Uh, you got the mausoleum. You got the mausoleum, you got the whole business, right? You got a limousine, a limousine, full limousine, two limousines, a police escort, every, the whole business, a million dollars. He's still left with 24 million. At maximum, that's what we're saying here. That's <laughs> with taxes and fees and this, 25 million is, is, is not obligated. The money is not obligated. That's what we're saying. And hang around later on. I'll tell you all the crazy stories I've listened Sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think that so here we're going to conclude. It's 9 o'clock. We're going to stop here. This is what we wanted to share this evening. That seems to be the, uh, the halacha.